of Abilene. Welcome to episode 13 of the People of Abilene podcast. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate you tuning in and downloading. Uh, before we get started, before we get too far into this, I did want to note, uh, if you could do us a huge favor, if you could rate us, uh, give us a ranking on your iTunes uh, podcast app, that will really help get the word out to other people. Apple uses that to say whether or not a, a podcast is good and suggest it to other people in the same area and things like that. So that really helped us grow our listenership. I'd really appreciate that. But uh, now that that's done, today my conversation is with Sammy Garcia, Samuel Garcia. Uh, he is a local uh, insurance, uh, State Farm Insurance agent here in town. Uh, but one I really wanted to visit with him about was his role in the Hispanic Leadership Council. Uh, he has served... Abilene and the community in a number of different ways, and, and I first kind of ran into him over the past um, year and a half, two years, and uh, he really is one of the people that, uh, no matter what's going on in the community, Sammy is involved. He is there, um, and he is, is showing up, and I always want to try to do what I can to uh, spotlight those people that are showing up and, and putting themselves out there, so... Uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with uh, Sammy Garcia of State Farm and the Hispanic Leadership Council. Sammy, thanks for letting me uh, come in and visit with you. Uh, thanks it. for having me. Uh, let's start here. Uh, how'd you get to Abilene? Uh, back in 2000, uh, I owned a State Farm insurance agency in a small, well, small town south of Waco, Marlin, Texas. Yeah, so yeah it's not far from the motherland down College Station. And... Uh, <laughs> We had owned that agency for about four years. My, my family and I lived there for about four years. And uh, an opportunity came open here in Abilene. And so we kind of uh, did a little swap uh, yeah. with State Farm and, and moved the business over here. We didn't know anybody here. <laughs> it uh, You know, me and my young family at that time, uh, my kids were uh, about uh, four and two. Um, and so we moved here just not really knowing anybody, and yeah. uh, but to start the business here. And, and what was kind of bringing a young family to Abilene at the time. I mean, that was, you know, we're talking about almost 20 years ago now. Right. Um, yeah. Abilene a little different back then. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it was funny because uh, it's, it's we, we have this thing that's happened to us where we seem to always move around March during <laughs> spring break. And it's funny, my kids always laugh because even when we sold our house two times, we've moved during spring break. And so it was it was spring break of, 20, uh, of 2000. And uh, I had been here since January. Um, and when I moved my family here in 2000, the very first day we moved here, moved in, we, we settled in, turned on the TV, watched the news that night at 10 o'clock, and they were announcing the new uh, uh, water restrictions because of the drought. And we're like, where did we move? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but as, as far as a great place to raise a family, um, we'd heard that before about Abilene, and uh, and it turned out to be the case. I mean, my kids grew up here, always felt you know really safe, had a lot of uh, all time kinds of friends. We were very well um, uh, involved in the community. My kids were very involved in the schools, Abilene High School, and you know came up through that chain. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was it was very much a um, it was a lot easier transition than I think a lot of people will in a lot because there's a lot of people that, that'll be friendly with you. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't hard making friends in Abilene at all. And, and and we talked a little bit about you. You were working for state owned your your own agency in, mm -hmm. in you said you're Marlin, right? Yes, in and, Marlin. And and then here. 
How did you get involved with State Farm? Oh, uh, well, I was an adjuster before State Farm even before okay. that. So I've actually, even though I've been an agent now for about 21 years, I've been with State Farm going on 28. Uh, I was a, a I, after I graduated Texas A&M uh, Business School, uh, I worked for Walmart as a manager for about six months and uh, was approached by uh, somebody at State Farm. Uh, actually, my State Farm agent gave my name to the local uh, claims office because okay. they were looking for an adjuster, somebody that was bilingual, and he, he knew I was. And so he gave my name to them. They gave me a call and, and got hired from there. And I chased storms for State Farm mm -hmm. for quite a yeah. few years uh, all over the country when I was single. It was great. <laughs> I actually I loved it. I You know, earthquakes in California, tornadoes in Chicago, hailstorms in Denver, uh, Orlando, and then the huge, huge uh, um, Hurricane Andrew. I lived in Miami for a year. Oh, wow. I, I was I was one of the what they called a a, uh, a leader uh, uh, from the region. They they took from every region in the country two leaders to go down there and live for a year. And I was the one chosen, one of the ones chosen for North Texas. Uh, out of four people in Texas that wow. were chosen, I was one of the four. Uh, so I lived there. My wife went down there with me. Uh, she worked for State Farm at the time, okay. and uh, and so she got a. Kind of a cushy job while she was down there in the in the welcome center, and yeah. while I worked uh, running a team of adjusters. Awesome. So, uh, interesting point. You, you said you were traveling all over the country. Was there like a, a a group of like a community that kind of got creative with different people that were doing that as well? Or were you actually, kinda... at the, at the, there has been since, but at the yeah. time I was doing it, no. They, they would they would just call me up and you know in Waco they'd go around and say who wants to go here, or who wants to go there. And they'd, they'd ask Waco, that, hey, do y'all have an adjuster that'll go somewhere? And, and they always, they would go through everybody and they'd say, he'll go. Because he, I was single. A lot of the people in my office were married. Yeah. It was hard for them to get had kids. Um, and so I was always willing to go. I loved traveling. I loved yeah. going out and chasing storms all over the, all over the country. And so uh, it, it was very different. Um, and I enjoyed that. But yeah, it was just something that I just loved to do. In fact, we, my wife and I, <laughs> our first year of marriage, we both were chasing storms. Mm -hmm. And we figured out that we were only in the same city for the first year of our marriage for one month. Oh, my god! We spent like 11 months apart that first year just chasing different. Either I'd be home and she'd be gone or we'd both be gone or vice versa. It was it was interesting. But we but it was good for us. We, we really enjoyed it. In this day and age, the idea of you being with one company for for this long is is kind of out of the norm instead of the norm like it was, um, you know, earlier in America's history. What, what is it about State Farm that's that you you know stayed with, with it, for so long? And it's funny anybody. That, I, I have a little saying that if you if you've met me for five minutes, you know that I bleed Aggie maroon and State Farm red. <laughs> uh, it, it's just been a great company. I um, from the moment that I was hired, um, I always felt like they took care of me, so I took care of them. And even when there was things that you know, we disagree upon or, or sort of some, some things that are tough. Sometimes in the insurance business, there's a lot of hard decisions they have to yeah. make. There's a lot of bad news that has to be given to people. But if you, if you, if you are honest and you're straightforward with people, uh, the key to this business is having people's trust. And the reason that I think that's the case is because I've always trusted the company. Uh, even there's times when I've, they made decisions that I wasn't always, you know, like, I didn't always understand. I always thought, there's a reason they're doing this. And sure enough, it, it would always come around that, hey, they did this at times when a decision that didn't look like it was in my interest, that wound up being in my interest and, and being in the interest of my customers. That was the number one thing. Um, and so it, it's just a trust deal. That's, that's how come it's been so long. Yeah. I think if I would have not had the trust in State Farm and State Farm in me, 
I'm not sure it would have lasted this long, but because you're right, it's very rare nowadays to see somebody with a company almost 30 years. Yeah. One of the things that State Farm obviously is is real big in is is that neighborhood, being part of the community. Um, one of the reasons why I want to talk to you today was talking about some of the stuff you're doing in the community as well, but did that kind of coincide? Is that one of the reasons that, that kind of attracted you to State Farm, or was it that the more and more you got State Farm, they were asking you all to do things in the community and that kind of... What, what, and now is there actually, any connection to that, or is it no? Just, no, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. You know, we're our our our, our things is that we're we're the good neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny because State Farm is is very active in the community. They give back to a lot, but they never ask us to say, "Hey, we need you to do this." Because okay. you know, I'm an independent contractor and do whatever right. I want to do. Uh, but it's in my nature. Uh, I've always been one to step up and say, hey, I want to help out. I want to do, well, what do you need? And at any level, that's one thing that I learned a long time ago when it came to service in my community, and that is if they need me to come to a to an event just to sweep the floors, that's okay. I will go do that. If they need me to raise money, to sell sponsorships, to, you know, to, to, to be the MC of something, I've learned to get over some little fears I used to have. And I, and I, and I try to not to have an ego when it comes to what they ask me, because to me, I, I, I'm real big word, uh, big on the word servant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I consider myself to be a servant of the community and it's not something that I take lightly. It's and it's not like a slogan or anything. Um, I I get asked all the time to to do little things that don't always get notarized, but that's okay. That's not why I do it. And it's just funny that everybody says, "Oh yeah, you're the good neighbor." Um, and I just I, I always like, you know what? I am. I hope I am. I, you know, you know. I hope I don't live in a community where I'm not giving back to those that are actually supporting me. I mean, this community has given my family a wonderful life. You know, it really, yeah. they really have. They supported me. They've done business with me. They've been there in all aspects of it. And so it would be pretty, I think, almost immoral for me not to think about, okay, what can I do to make the lives of those people in my community better and my overall community better? Uh, sometimes it means speaking out, which as a business person is not always a, a wise thing right. to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learned a long time ago, you know what? My customers don't do business with me because of a decision I did or didn't make. They do business because they trust that I'm going to take care of their insurance, financial services, and 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 hopefully they like me. Right. You know, they they know that hey, I'm doing this. There's there's a reason I'm involved in whatever I'm involved in. And and, and so you served on the scoreboard for a while. Was that the first time you kind of got into? I guess you call it politics, but but school yeah, boards are really politics. It, 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 running for no, office, it, it, or it is. <laughs> it is. It's okay to call it politics. I I actually served on the school board in Marlin. Okay. Uh, I was actually elected there and had to resign to move here. Yeah. Uh, that was the only reason I resigned. Um, I've always had an affinity for dealing with education because uh, you know it made such a huge difference in my life. I I, I was the first Garcia to um, attend college. I was for, uh, to, to graduate from a four-year university. Um, you know, and there's Aggies in our family now that since I've graduated, my kids are both about to graduate next year. I've got nieces, nephews who've graduated from their other colleges uh, that, are, that are related to A&M or in, in Texas. And it's always made such a huge difference for not only me, but for my extended family besides my, my, my family. I mean, when my mom and dad were still alive, I mean, it, it, the fact that I could own my business and, 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 and be able to help provide for them was a huge difference. And, and that, that drop in the water that has that ripple effect, um, I, I believe that if I can be that drop in the water that can have an effect on other families, um, I've seen what education can do. And, and it can. And it's not about 
that's what always kills me about education is, is that a lot of people say, well, that's how much money you make. No, it's not. It's about having the ability to be able to uh, have a good career for yourself and have career choices to be able to be flexible in what you do. You're not stuck in one thing. That's all you can do for the rest of your life because that's all you know. Also, it makes you a better citizen. It makes you make better financial decisions. I mean, there's a lot of things outside of just your career that a good education does. Um, hopefully, it makes you a better uh, member of society because if, if you're making good decisions um, that are good for you and your neighbors, um, you know, it takes some education to do that. Sometimes, um, you know, we recently had the, the, uh, the issue about um, payday lenders. Mm -hmm. And my biggest deal about that was the fact that I always feel bad for people that have to get stuck in that in that thing. And it's not someone that they're bad or anything. It's because I don't think they have the financial knowledge sometimes to, to see. I mean, some people do, and that's all they can do. But I think most of them just don't realize how quickly they get in trouble financially with, with that type of lending system. Um, and to me, it's very, it's very much a... Um, if they knew a little, a little bit more about it, then they would be less apt to, to go down that route. So... Education has a huge effect on that, and that's how come I've always kind of focused in on that area. Yeah. And you're now the president, right, of the Hispanic Leadership mm -hmm. Council here yes, in Abilene. Yes, yeah. what, What's the goal of that organization? Uh, the HLC promotes leadership through education. Okay. Uh, we have some, you know, obviously we, we, we've always partnered with the local colleges and universities uh, in, first of all, providing scholarships. We raise money to give pr private scholarships to, to students. Uh, we have a huge event we have every year called the Plan for College Seminar. It's something that's gone on for well over 20 years. Uh, actually, the first day that I came to visit to, to decide whether I was going to come to Abilene or not, that was going on, and I just happened <laughs> to go by McMurray, and they were having the, the very, uh, one of the first uh, uh, Plan for College Seminars. And it's an event where we bring in uh, colleges and we rotate it between the local schools um, to show parents and students uh, at the high school level, not just seniors, but under, underclassmen, on what are the steps to go to college, where do you find financial aid, how do you choose a career. Just a, We've expanded it quite a bit, and, and it's very successful. Uh, we have anywhere from 150 to 200 students and parents there every year. Uh, and, and every year... Whenever we go back and we ask them, well, what did you think? What did you get out of this? The statement that I hear most is, wow, I, at least I know where to go now. And that's the goal of, of that seminar is for them to say, if, if I don't even know where to start. And, and it's amazing because you would think in today's society with all information being everywhere, sometimes I think it's too much. And, and, and they just need somewhere to sit down, have somebody kind of go over it with them so they can actually focus in on it. Because um, if you just think a Google search is what it, what does it anymore, it, it, it's too much. Yeah. Um, but the plan for college seminar is a big deal that we do. And, and that's that's one of our focuses. We do also um, provide a, a, a uh, political forums for races. Okay. They're they're nonpartisan. We do not endorse a candidate. For example, we had one for the mayor's race um, a couple months ago, okay. and had a great turnout. I mean, I think there was close to 100 people in packed in that that little <laughs> library uh, uh, room. And then we had one for the city, local city council race, and we had a good 50, 60 people there. Um, it was well covered by the media, which is great. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, so we're we're there just to say, hey, let's let's provide our our citizens um, uh, the opportunity to hear what the candidates have to say that are going to represent them. Do you all have issues that, that you all try to bring up specifically geared for that? If you don't mind sharing kind of no, what no. some of those things that you all... Well, I mean, issues, obviously, education. How, how are we... What are we doing to, to uh, 
um, take care of all communities. But sometimes we, we, we do have a tendency to, uh, to be more specific on uh, minority uh, students, uh, Hispanics, African-Americans, um, on how they're actually being treated. Uh, are they are they being treated equally? Are they do they have the same opportunities? Uh, I remember uh, we had a situation where we there weren't that many kids in the Hispanic community that were taking uh, advanced placement classes, and we got together with the school district and 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 looked at the figures and they were pretty bad. Um, and so we specifically worked with them. Uh, I remember Jay Cheatham, uh, the AP teacher here in town, one of the, a very prominent AP teacher here in town. I went out and just recruited kids. We, when we worked with them, we even gave them a place in our seminar to teach about that underclassmen. And I don't know if it was us, but we had a we had a significant impact on the number of kids that were taking advanced placement classes. So that's the that that kind of issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also deal with uh, leadership, uh, the the amount of leadership in different uh, uh, areas of the city, be it with the city be it with the Chamber of Commerce, be it with uh, school, uh, just different organizations. Where are the opportunities and are, are those opportunities uh, at least have the door open uh, where people are, are known to want? And one thing that we've been fairly critical of, is, and that is the, the number of opportunities for uh, minority leadership in the city government, uh, city boards, mm-hmm. uh, very, very low uh, number of people. And, and so... You know, we, we have pushed really hard uh, when we had the candidates for them. We, we asked them, what are you going to do about that? How, are you going to open the door? We're not asking we're, we're not asking to say we're going to put this many of this uh, number of, uh, of, of minorities on, on leadership positions. We're just saying, are you going to open the door and promote it and consider them uh, for those positions? Because they're out there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, about that process of getting more kids involved in AP classes. Um, I think for, you know, growing up as a high school kid, we saw AP classes just kind of a higher, higher level class, and, and for people that like school, doing that's real important. But but the ability to get college credit using that process for, um, you know, kids that don't have a whole lot of, of people in their family that have gone to college, being able to get some of that, lower that barrier, it seems like, would be really, really important for 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 students that are either first time, first members of the family going through or, or things like that. Oh, and you're exactly. Right. I mean, the, the thing about those type of classes also dual credit. I mean, mm-hmm. dual credit is one that uh, I'll, I'll criticize my organization and myself for this is that we have not pushed that as well as, as in fact, we probably ought to be pushing it more than we are uh, in the past when we did AP classes. But there, there are a lot of times. It's funny the way the way families work is sometimes it takes the oldest brother to have taken that for the, for the younger brothers mm-hmm. and sisters to know about it for the parents to know what they are. There's a lot of families that had no idea what AP was at all, mm-hmm. and so once once my the kids that you see uh, take it, it's funny if you go back and you look at their family members. They have a tendency to want to take them too because they see the results of either getting credit for it or actually in this case when in some there were some stipends that were paid yeah. and that kind of thing yeah. so there was money that were, I know that's about to go away for some of those students but but the but the program of the idea of the um, uh, of the what I liked about more about it than even the college credit is is the idea that. These classes are geared to what you're going to be facing in college. Preparation. In preparation for it, the, 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 the gruelingness of them um, can prepare these kids because, you know, we do a lot of work to get kids into college. 
but one of the things that we've always emphasized is finishing because there were for the longest time and still today there is a high dropout rate once kids do get into school everybody thinks well we got them in there they're good no that's not the case uh, a lot of kids will go for a year go for a semester and and either for, through financial issues or a lot of times because they weren't prepared uh you know and they didn't had to take some remedial type classes they didn't so ap was addressing some of that some mm -hmm. of that difficulty that they Absolutely. were going to have to face and all of a sudden when they were going to college they were like oh okay i can handle this i i you know maybe i didn't take a whole lot of ap but it gave me a good idea whether i took it in english or in art or in math or something mm -hmm. that could give us the the the, the difficulty the level of, of of what is being required or asked for you in college and that's that's very important well, like we talked we talk a lot about the, a lot of the community service that you've done. Um, what would you say to people to encourage them to get involved in the community that haven't been involved previously, um, that feel like uh, there's not a, they don't know where to serve, they sure. don't, you know, there's a lot of people in their mind like, I'd love to help out, but I don't, I don't know how the best way to do that, what well, is it just is it just showing up the places and just saying how can I help or, or well they... yeah it really it, it, it kind of is but one thing that I'll say is one of the reasons that I think a lot of people you know are apprehensive is uh, sometimes is they're afraid that they're going to be asked to be, all of a sudden they're going to have to be the president of this <laughs> or they're going to serve they, is this going to be something I do every day yeah. and you know they they're conscious of their time because they got families and things to do and and I understand that and I always think that that's a huge barrier for those of us who are willing to commit a whole lot of time which I do quite a bit of time. Um, and I turn around and, and, and I've learned and I've tried to teach this to other in, in, in mentoring other leaders is when you're a leader of an organization, what you want to do is you want to introduce people through to come in. Was you, I get a lot of people that say, hey, I'd like to try that. Well, when they come on board, we don't ask too much of them. We want them to get to know, first of all, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And are they doing it for the right reasons? Then we like, like to make their job small. I like to make people's jobs small and say, hey, if you want to join, for example, I'm also the uh, past chair of the Hispanic Business Council. It's okay. an organization we started about 10 years ago with a part of the Chamber of Commerce. And we have this huge event called the Business Mercado. And one of the things that I always focused in on, on that when we were putting those together was that, to say, hey, will you just handle this part of this committee? Yeah. Right? That's, that's, your whole, that's all we're going to ask of you. And when people say, that's it? I'm not gonna, you're not going to ask me? No, that's all we're going to If you'll do this, you'll be a part of it and you can contribute without feeling like you've overcommitted yourself. And over a period of time, by doing that, we've gotten people to get a taste of it and, and a few of them to say, you know what, I want to do a little bit more. And we've actually developed a, 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 an evolution of some of these folks to become leaders now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's a process because not everybody's going to want to be the leaders, but by asking a lot of people to do a, a, a few, little, bit, a little yeah. bit, some people come forward and say, I want to do a little bit more. And all of a sudden they get to where they're good at it and they see the big picture and they become the leaders because not everybody needs to be that because we, you know, there, you, you don't have to have that many chiefs. You need, you know, the, the, the workers, but we need to appreciate those people. We, we have, a, I have one gentleman. I, I love this guy. Uh, his name is, is uh, Ricardo Gutierrez. Ricardo runs an insurance. He's another, he's a comp competitor, <laughs> but that's all right. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, and every year he says, Hey, Sammy, let me know what I can do. And every year I say, Hey, help us with our seminar. He shows up every year. If he passes out lunches, he helps with the registration. He does that like that. And then he, he's busy because he got some other obligations and stuff like that. But to me, that is a huge thing because every year he says, I want to do that. That's my deal for that year. For, for HLC, this is kind of the contribution yeah. that I'm giving to HLC. And it's a big contribution. To him, it seems like, well, I only do that once a year. But to us, it's like we can count on yeah, Ricardo. No, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. And so by doing that, I've, I've, I've 
garnered and I've, I've cultivated a lot of people that will help us, uh, even if it's that one time a year or that one sponsorship a year or that one time that they help do this. Uh, I had one lady for years that her only job every year was to get us uh, to give us giveaways. Her job every year was to give her name Mary Leas. Mayor would get us little contributions every year of just giveaways, little fun things. That was all she did. But that was great because that was one thing I never had to worry about. So putting that thing together was always easy. The mercado same way. Uh, in fact, the business mercado is now the model that we used to, to put that together has now been duplicated by the business expo. They changed, they took our model. Yeah. The farm and ranch show took our model because we went from having say 10 people putting that thing together uh, to close to close to 50 people that are actually on that committee. Uh, and when you get that many people involved, they're not all going to be doing a whole lot, but they're all going to be doing, doing a little something and feeling like they're contributing. And it's a team effort. So um, I, I'd gotten to where when I, we were putting that the Mercado from last year together, I just showed up for meetings and listened. <laughs> I really didn't have to do a lot of the details yeah. because there was people there that were doing those. Well, I want, and I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. We are, you mentioned a couple times, we are coming off a um, city election, and we have city elections every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone that's involved in politics and, and serving the community, I understand that's part of the process. But one of the things that it can do is it can be decisive, divisive, and it can say, I'm, against, I'm for this person, so I'm against this person. Um, and, and I think we've seen that play out outside of the political system as well. Um, what are some things or, or things that, are, that you know that are happening or things that you think could be happening to help bring the community together to, to not only speak to each other but listen to each other um, to kind of unify um, all of Abilene instead of, instead of segmenting? Well, you know, sometimes you, you never know what's going what's gonna to make that uh, but, you know, our political, what we went through last year, and for, for example, in the presidential election, put a lot of people on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. And, 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 but one thing that it, that, that's kind of a little bit of a silver lining to, to a lot of that divisiveness that, that, that has occurred is the fact that it's actually woken some people up to say, you know what, I need to pay attention. Whether, whether I'm on this side or on that side, and I, and I think about this whenever I think about, the, for example, the Tea Party folks that came out, people all of a sudden thought, if we're not, involved then we're 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 letting the apathy of our apathy of, of the system actually dictate or, or or make it easier on those people who should be held accountable those people that are representatives um, making decisions doing things that we probably if we weren't pay, if we were paying attention we probably wouldn't necessarily put up with mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of been something there's been of an awakening on both sides of, of, of all issues um, where people say you know what we need to participate and and things like what you're doing here um, I always had this idea and, and it was and I've never acted upon it never mm-hmm. never at all but I always thought wouldn't it be cool that once a month, anybody that wanted to go in and, and I love debating, mm-hmm. and go in and, and rent a room at the Civic Center and say, we're going to debate this issue tonight, and this is what we're going to do. You, If you're on this side of the issue, wherever you want to sit, you sit. But we have rules where you go in there, you state your rules, and, no, and when you leave, you're, you're friends with the people that you disagree with uh, before and after. But let's have dialogue about it. I think that's one of the things is is we, 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 we've, we've laid the dialogue now um, at, at, on social media, on different ways, where there's not a, a continuous dialogue right. where you can actually look at somebody in the face. And it's a lot harder to be ugly to somebody when yeah. you're actually sitting down talking to them. Um, and I've always thought, wouldn't it be cool to sit around and have that where you'd have two people up on the stage, one on one side of the issue and one on the other, and just having a good conversation and then kind of a back and forth. And sometimes, it, yeah, it might get a little tough, but 
to me, that's how you get to where, okay, at least I understand why they feel the way that yeah. they feel. Uh, sometimes I don't have to agree with them, but I can understand. Because one of the worst things that you can do when it comes to this type of, of, of issue is you can never quote, we, we, we have it, you know what it's bad when you're, when you're questioning somebody else's motives. Mm-hmm. People's motives are not always what you think they are. Right. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes they actually have a good point, and they're questioning your motives too because they're thinking, "Why are you this left-wing liberal, or <laughs> why are you this right-wing conservative?" Um, and when in, in reality, if you sat around and talked about it a little bit longer and a little bit deeper, you'd probably think, "Oh, that's why they feel that way. They had an experience in their life that made them feel mm-hmm. that way, or they have a family member that's going through this in their life. That's why they're feeling this way, or so, you know, something to that effect. Or maybe they don't understand as well as they do, or they've misread something, or they've, they've gotten bad information. So there's a lot of reasons why people take one side or the other. And I'm always amazed sometimes, but, but I always have to check myself because yeah. I'm thinking... Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's something I don't see right. So, you know, more dialogue is helping. This kind of information, this kind of podcast thing that you're doing, you know, it makes it easier for people to do. Uh, But I'd love to be able to to do that. I I love debating. Yeah, Um, well, and I think that talking with each other and sort of at each other sometimes on on social social media, it's easy just to post something and kind of walk away. And then even the comments are talking about, they're not talking about the issue a lot of times. It's about the way someone said something or the way they posted and all these different things. Instead of, if you're sitting in a room having a conversation, there's nothing to argue about other than the actual yeah. issue instead of, well, why'd you post this on Facebook? Why don't you just send this to me in a DM or all these different things where, yeah. um, you know, and I always I say this a lot is the internet, and I love the millennial, grew up in the right. internet generation, um, and it, I think it really has allowed people to get their messages and speak to people more directly, but it also has made it, it's kind of taken away that personal feel where it's like you have to look someone in the eye and say, Oh yeah, I disagree with you because of this. And if we don't necessarily have to agree, but, but when we both respect our right to have that opinion and have that conversation, um, maybe someone actually get that. Right. No, no, no. And you know, it's something that I've dealt with for years and I, I, I'll give you an example. You know, uh, years ago when we, we used to have personal, uh, underwriters mm-hmm. and a team that we, we would call in and talk to about a policy or something in my business. And when I first moved here, it was a different group than what the deals, the ones I dealt with before. So uh, I would talk to them on the phone. We'd disagree. And when you're on the phone, you have a tendency to be a little rough on people when you disagree, or at least I do. And that's a bad habit of mine. Um, so what I would do is every time they would come to visit, they would come to visit Abilene, I would say, put me down for dinner one night. I want to take you to dinner. Mm-hmm. And we got to know them. We got, when you break bread with somebody, you're like, okay, yeah, you're not who you are. And then after that, the conversations went a lot better because they, they, I could picture who I was talking yeah, exactly. to. I knew I was probably going to see them again. So I had a tendency, it would check me. It would keep me in check to say, you know, don't be such a jerk and, and say things that way. You understand why they're telling you this. You know, they're, they're quoting a rule or they're doing something, right. but, but let's work together. And I always worked so well. And I, you know, uh, and so having a, that kind of relationship, I, I've always dealt with it that way. I've always, whenever I see this, sometimes this divisiveness that comes, I'm thinking, you know, the more dialogue we have, the the, the better off we are. And and then sometimes we got to learn to just, uh, it's okay to disagree. My my friend and I, Billy Enriquez, uh, have supported. We're good friends, and we've supported different candidates that are running against each other. And we're afterwards, we're like, okay. We just go on. We're like, yeah. you know, he, he supported this one and I supported this one and, and I endorsed him and he endorsed his and we went there and he campaigned. And I did too. And when it was over, uh, mine won or his won or whatever. And afterwards it was like, okay, we're good. We just disagreed on this one. 
But there's a reason why we did, and that's all right to yeah. do that. We're still good friends. So, you know, that's one of the things. Uh, don't take your marbles and walk away. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if you do that, then you're, 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 you might as well keep doing that because you're never going to actually have that type of relationship with somebody and have that kind of – because some of us say, we're good friends because we don't talk about that. And I always think that's sad because I'm sitting there thinking – I talk to my good friends about my political views. I, it's okay. Cause yeah. It's not about the friendship. It's about the issue we're talking about. And and if I can't talk with my good friends about my political views, then there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to do that. And so, so I don't want to talk about that. We stay away from that. Well, no, we shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if you're really my friend, you and I can talk, and then we, we're still going to be friends after. Yeah, it's bigger, bigger than one issue. Well, I've taken up too much of your time. Thank you so much for letting me you're come right. on and visit with you. Oh, I'll, I'll um, talk your ear off. Thank so. you for, for serving the community the way you do, and uh, hopefully uh, you, you will continue to do so. So oh, thank yeah, you very much. Thank you again. Thanks, Grant. That was my conversation with Sammy Garcia of uh, State Farm and the Hispanic Leadership Council here in Abilene. I really appreciate Sammy letting me come out and visit with him. In my opinion, that was a great example of exactly what I want uh, this podcast to be like long-term. That was me and Sammy sitting in Sammy's office having a conversation for 30 minutes. Uh, you heard the phone ringing in the background. You heard papers rushing. You could hear people walking in uh, and talking to other parts of his of his business. Uh, and we talked about his story and his business and the things that he's involved in, the things he's passionate about. Uh, and then we talked about how all of that ties into making the community of Abilene better as a whole. And that's exactly what I hope to bring to this podcast community as we move forward. Uh, I think we've done a good job of it in the past. Uh, this may be one of the best just kind of uh, systematic examples of exactly what, what I'm hoping to do in uh, moving forward. Uh, so thank you, Sammy, for letting me come out uh, and visit with him. If you have someone that you think would be a good person to be on this podcast, or if you yourself have something you think you want to share with the community, uh, please reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on social media. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find uh, our Facebook page, which is The Conversation-Abilene. A uh, friend does send, us, send me a, uh, a message on that. Social media, my social media handles almost always are Grant underscore 325 numerically so g-r-a-n-t underscore 325 uh, follow me send me a direct message send me a note somehow uh, we want to continue to bring as many different conversations from as many different people uh, in the community as humanly possible because we think that that's the best way to uh, bring the community together as a whole and, and that's obviously one of the, the most important things uh, with this podcast I also wanted to say a short thank you to Oddly Natural Digital Branding. Uh, that is my company that allows me the time to take off and go and sit down for, for 30 minutes with different members of the community. Uh, if you need help, if you like this podcast and want to see how you can do something like that for your business or a website or social media integration or video production, any of those things, uh, grow your business or your personal brand, whatever it is, if you just want to have a conversation about where the world of digital marketing is going, uh, give me a call. Give my partner, Alex, a call. Uh, we would love to come out and visit with you uh, and help uh, talk with you about what, what's going to happen uh, in the next 5, 10 years of marketing and how we can help uh, businesses, local businesses here in Abilene grow and thrive uh, so that the Abilene economy is stronger and better every single day. Uh, 
We will be back hopefully next Tuesday. We've got I've got a couple of podcasts already recorded. Um, I, I'm going to stop saying we'll definitely be back next Tuesday because, as you've seen, I've been incredibly inconsistent and I hate promising and not delivering. So I will do my very best to put a new one up next Tuesday. Um, it's already recorded. I just have to get have time to sit down and edit it and, and get it put together. So um, until next time, please, please, please keep dreaming big dreams for Abilene.